0: Hello, Derek Seagraves here. I am the host of Apostolic Authors Podcast, and I'm doing it for our Apostolic Publishing House. who want to be your partner in uh, publishing your testimonies, your revelations, your spiritual insights, want to help you share your story and the great doctrine of the oneness of holiness. I'm really excited to be connecting to these apostolic authors and helping uh, you as a prospective author, you as a growing author, by getting their stories of how it is they overcame the challenges of publishing, how it is that they promote their book, how it is that they came to even write a book. It's an exciting thing to be a part of, publishing other folks, and I'm blessed to be a part of it, and so please enjoy this episode. Brother, it's good to have you on the podcast.
1: Yes, sir. It's good to be with you, Brother C. Graves, and, and um, it's unique how our past begin to intertwine. You're from outside of Anchorage, Alaska, and I'm in Southwest Florida, and you were coming down for a few days of R&R, and I thank God just ordained our pastor call, so it's great to connect with your friend, and we're looking forward to maybe encouraging a couple people.
0: Yeah, that's what I want to do with the podcast is I want to encourage uh, apostolics to write and to do so with confidence, to have some some leaders like yourself that they could follow into that, you know, learning some good stuff to make it easier on themselves and shortening up the learning curve so that they can do more and more. Would you mind talking about what it is that you've written, please?
1: Yes. Um, the Lord has allowed us to do two books thus far, and we have about four more on the on the on deck circle our first book we've done i've not sat down to write a book yet i would say that i probably will do one of those that i sit down with the intent and the purpose start to finish to write a book for the sake of writing the book to be a blessing through the book the lord has dealt with me some on the lines of doing one on marriage and family and and solidifying relationships but the two books that we've done thus far I didn't sit down to write them. How they developed was as a church planter. We've been here in Southwest Florida for 17 years. Praise God. Just in coming to Southwest Florida, I'd only been in the church about eight years at that point. And I was not raised in the Apostolic Mm -hmm. Church. And I'm I'm wired to the point that I like to really understand what I'm talking about. Sure. I don't want to just take somebody else's notes. No disrespect. I don't want to just take sermon notes from someone else. So as a pastor, I really felt that responsibility greater and greater. So as a young church, two years into it, more than just making a comment or two on holiness and dedications and lifestyle commitments, I wanted to teach a series to our church on growing by grace, on making commitments in your mind, your spirit, your soul, yay, in your body, in your day-to-day life. And I really wanted to dig into that subject first. And thus, out of that was born my first book, Growing by Grace. I completed it as a book, it's about 145 pages. It is copyrighted and has the ISBN number. And it's it's been listed for two years with the Pentecostal Publishing House. I've been honored to have it listed with them. And they sold, I don't know, a few hundred of them and they continue to list it through their website, Growing by Grace. And then my second book, uh, much the same thing. It deals with end-time prophecy, but as that book was birthed in a young pastor's heart many years ago, and I began to study the subject, thus the second book was likewise birthed in a young pastor's heart. The second book is entitled The Unveiling, A Study of End-Time Prophecy. Now, it's a much more comprehensive and expansive book. It's about 345 pages. And it's very extensive. It deals with from present time up until literally the very end of the millennium, great white throne judgment, heaven, hell, and eternity, and, and everything in between. To say it's absolute comprehensive would not be accurate, but it's a very thorough book on end time prophecy. And I'm really, I'm really strong on trying to put as many scriptures and lessons as I could be. As I can Beautiful. because, because I don't want anybody to trust necessarily in my opinion. I no. want them to go back to the word of God and study it. So that's our second book. That book, United Pentecostal Church and the Pentecostal Publishing House have been very gracious to us and very kind to us. But that book is not listed with the Pentecostal Publishing House. It is copyrighted. It does have an ISBN number. And, um, here's, here's one of them right here, actually. And so it's, it's done. We've sold, I don't know, um, just in the last six weeks or so since we've released it, we've sold probably 100, 110 of those books. Wonderful. And that's not about even pushing it or promoting it. But the Lord has been very gracious to us.
0: Certainly. It sounds like it. What important subjects, too. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really served by those books. Uh, One of the things I love about publishing and seeing pastors and ministers like yourself writing is that you continue to minister through your book, even when you haven't traveled to that place or you you haven't even spent that time there, Uh, but you still get to deliver doctrine and encourage faith and such as that.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And when me and my wife got married, I've been married for 25 years this coming December, and we're blessed with three sons, 21-year-old a 15 year old and a nine year old and early in our days of being married, God laid it upon my heart to have a Bible for each of my sons that I preached out of and that I taught out of. I've written a lot of notes in them so that when my voice goes silent and God calls me to my eternal reward, they'll have my Bible. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I have felt a tremendous stirring in the last five years of my life to take a lot of the lessons and the things that the Lord has grace us to be able to know a little bit about and put them in book forms, yeah. so that when my voice goes silent and God carries his coming, that that book will outlive me. And as you say, it will be a blessing to those that follow us.
0: Absolutely. That's why I want to build my library so that my kids can have a wealth of resources to, to go to and, you know, know from the same places that I know, you know, have the same uh, streams to drink from essentially now, if you were going to, uh, I'm sure that you do plan to promote your books and this new one, how, what is your process of promoting your books? You know, with, with the one that we listed
1: with the Pentecostal Publishing House, they made it really easy. Of course, they publish and they solicit theirs through their catalog and their website and different periodical quarterly promotions. And then also our first book, we offer it as an ebook as well. And since we offer it as an ebook, it's also distributed through Amazon and through Apple and a number of different means. So the second book presently, um, we just finished it about six weeks ago. Beyond self promotion, I've not, I've not begun to open up the broad outlets to distribute that book, but we also very aggressively are pursuing listing this one on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I just haven't yet nailed down how I want to do that. If I want to do it as a personal entity, I want to go through somebody. But we want to list on Amazon. And then from there, I, I might I might offer it as an ebook as well. Everybody likes ebooks and they want it on their laptop or the tablet. So it may uh-huh. offer it as an ebook as well. I'm not against that. And and our, our first book also, it's also offered um, in Spanish. And we oh, offer nice. it as an ebook. We offer it in Spanish as well. We have a woman in our church baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, that speaks nine languages and has a doctor's degree from Georgetown University. Wow. It's a privilege to be able to teach her and her husband a number of Bible studies, and, um, and she's been a, just a great worker for the Lord. So she translated our first book into Spanish. She's actually translating the second book into Spanish. So we can get it out on as many platforms as possible, but Amazon probably is going to be the first one that we try to nail down in the weeks
0: to come. That is amazing. So, do you know? Have they given you your numbers on the first book that has already been translated to Spanish? How the Spanish version has performed? Like in comparison? You no, know, I have not. Okay, um, I'd be I curious have, I to know
1: that. Gotten, yeah, I've not got any sales numbers from them um, on the Spanish version. Mm-hmm. We just gave it to them mid-February of this year. Oh. So um, with COVID, of course, everything the sales was way down. Sure. But um, I haven't. I haven't got any numbers on that. On the paperback version of my first book to the Pentecostal Publishing House, they told me that it um it surpassed the goals that they have for a book within the first year, yay, the second year of sales. So they humbled by that. That's humbled wonderful.
0: Wonders. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, the Spanish market might be a smaller market, but there's less books being promoted to them also. And so I wonder if that's a you know an opportunity that more ministers and authors should take in, in translating to Spanish, especially in our niche. Ah, uh, the Apostolic Pentecostal movement. You know, if they if they would respond very well to that, if it would be a, a book, if they would purchase a bunch of books like that, that that's really neat that you have somebody like that.
1: Yes, it was just a, a fascinating thing. And early in my walk with God, it came to this Apostolic Truth when I was nineteen years old. And early in my walk with God, I had a great desire to want to study and learn more about the Bible and the truth. And I remember really going to my pastor. and, looking at his library and sitting down with him and saying, I just want to go buy this book and by that book and this dictionary and that commentary. And, and he told me, just just slow down. He said, in God's timing, God will give you that. True enough, that's what God done. And I've had five or six elder ministers towards the end of their life. They have actually called me and, and brought me to their homes, and they blessed me with large numbers of books. Wonderful. They just poured into my life. And, and likewise, as God met that need in the very early days, as I began to two years ago, go into full speed ahead, trying to finish that first book, moving to the second book. Now we're moving. I have 85% of my third book done, which is entitled now concerning spiritual matters. And it's all things relative to the spirit world, the gifts of the spirit, how God speaks so forth. And, but as I began to move a couple of years ago into finishing the first book and going forward from there. I was praying again, God, send me people and put me in connection with people. that have expertise that goes beyond mine, that can help me and steer me through. And that's where God sent this woman I mentioned, Sister Luz Warden Kircher and her husband to our church. And she's the one that translated the first book into Spanish. And, and it's not just something she does on the side. She does it internationally oh. for big energy or big banking and for for many land development entities globally. Wow. She's certified in nine languages to translate documents that were hold up in the court of law. So she's just not somebody who speaks another language. She, yeah. she gets paid precisely to do that in a legal sense.
0: So this doesn't uh, this isn't so directly applicable to our subject, you know, as being apostolic authors and such, but I believe there are hundreds of millions of dollars of value in our church pews. That the corporate world has trained people in how to do things. Uh, People come to church with experiences and talents and things that they would give to God if we would just make a place for them in the church.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. We have to be intentional and deliberate. We have to put them into Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and help them understand their gifting and their place in the kingdom and then be very intentional in developing their gifting. And giving them counsel along the way, but God has provided. God has provided. Many times we're praying, God send them, and God's already sent them. And said, "You're not, you're not managing. You're not dealing with. You're not
0: shepherding those. That I've already sent you." Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, what projects do you have coming? You said you have a couple more books that you'd like to write. What do you have in the pipeline?
1: Yes, the next one that's about eighty-five percent done, is entitled "Now Concerning Spiritual Matters." And as as we move forward, there's four or five more. I have a list. God's begin to just really deal with me on books. I have a list of four or five books that that to some measure are done between thirty percent and eighty five percent. The next one, I've been prayerful about that. There is many voices in the apostolic movement. They have a very keen awareness, discernment, sound biblical knowledge of the spirit world. But it does seem like there's not one-stop shopping. There's not one book that addresses the broad subject, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the nine Beatitudes, the nine fruits of the Spirit, how they're all tied together, how God speaks dreams and visions, demons, possession, oppression. There's not one book that if I want to reference as a, as a Bible study teacher, as a saint of God, as a pastor, just as a Christian that wants more knowledge, if I want to reference something relative to the spirit world, because that's, that's really a, a great yearning in people's hearts in this day and hour. Prophecy in the spirit world, there's a stirring for that. That's why transcendental meditation is exploding. That's right. why the Middle Eastern religions are exploding because there's a huge void in people's lives for that. And we have to be able to speak to that, but speak to it in such a way that's biblically thorough, but yet not so complex that we'll lose them. So that, that's the next book that's coming up. And then after that, throughout my ministry, um, going on 30 years, I say very humbly, um, I was in the church for a month as a 19-year-old boy that didn't know how to spell Bible, received the Holy Ghost on a college campus playing college football, University of Louisiana. And I began to feel a passion to teach Bible studies, home Bible studies. And that's been a mainstay in my life from then until present, I say very humbly. And and there's many questions that come up over and over and over and over. And I know um, Brother Brother Tinney has, I think it's a three-volume set of often asked questions by Pentecostals. Yeah. But this this book that I'm thinking about is going to more so deal with questions that come up in home Bible study settings, doctrinal questions. Genesis 1 and 26, Romans 10 and 9, the Transfiguration. What about Jesus's prayers on the cross? The Sabbath day, things of that nature. Just doctrinal questions that if you're involved in this last day harvest, things that you will, it's not, you might be asked, you will definitely be asked them. If you get active enough in the home, Bible studies and soul winning. So that's probably going to be the fourth book. So that's going to take me out the next year and a half or so.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Now I have a question for you because this happens a lot. When someone publishes a book or even they start to write a book, Uh, A lot of people, they get bit by the bug, people say. And uh, now they want to write 10 books. I think that that's wonderful that people would get working in a direction and then see even greater vision for that direction. But you're working on multiple books simultaneously is what I'm hearing. How are you doing that? What kind of tool are you using to work on multiple projects at the same time?
1: Yes, it's a great question. It's a good question. So again, with me, I'm cheating a little bit, to be honest with you. With me from day one on any subject that i've heard preached about taught about i'm a note taker because i knew when i came to this i was ignorant and oblivious of all of it so i have notes in my file cabinet right now from 1990 91 is a brand new convert organized by subject organized by subject Wow. so of course when computers came about more developed and I was able to get a laptop after college. I began to put everything through a PC, then through a laptop, and so forth. So, on all these subjects, from some of the greatest preachers in the fellowship, that even many of them have gone on to their eternal reward, I've kept notes from them. Okay. And then I'm really big on having books with an apostolic witness. Now, I say humbly, I'm at the place now that I can take the shovel and a rake and I can rightly divine. I say that humbly. But, the first 15 to 20 years of my walk with God, I didn't really know. So in my development, I wanted to make sure that I had elder voices and also written resources from apostolics that are trusted. So yes. that when I get to that subject, trying to understand it, I would be able to definitively lock it down. So I have all of that information. And and when I come to a question, when I'm dealing with marital Problems and counseling with a young couple whatsoever. And I'm digging out those answers. I keep all of those notes now in some electronic format. So when I say my next book is on spiritual matters and it's 85% done, what I mean is I have a table of contents I've completed. And 85% of the lessons, the bones and some of the meat of the lessons, the, the lessons and chapters that's going to be in that book. Are already completed. They're just okay. simply gonna come out of my files and I'm gonna transfer it in a format and a layout that's appropriate for a book form. So into my fourth book on often asked questions, that book, the lessons that will be in that book are probably 85 to 95% completed. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a little bit to lay them out. So I'm not sitting down with with four blank tablets at one time and trying to spread myself around based upon How I feel on that particular day. I have probably because of thirty years of ministry and and not being so much a teacher, just trying to be a student. And then growing into being a teacher, I've been able to accumulate the meat and the bones, the skeleton for a lot of these books. Now it's just a matter of putting it together and listening to the wise voices that can help me lay it out in such a way where it would be beneficial to the next person.
0: That's wonderful. And I love that idea of using resources. Now you touched on something that is one of the reasons I feel so passionately about supporting and celebrating apostolic Pentecostal authors, and that is, new people—they don't know how to spit out the bones. They don't know how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. They don't know how to rightly divide what it is. Um, you know, a secularist would say that they don't—they don't know how to practice critical thinking. Yes. Um, because you know, hey, they quoted Bible; it must be right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I love uh, your emphasis, and I have the same emphasis that I want apostolic Pentecostals to write with everything being the right doctrine, even if they're not writing about you know the oneness of God, but they're not making Trinitarian references, they're not throwing in you know the the, the fingerprints of false doctrine aren't on it. And uh, so I can feel safe as a pastor who loves people and wants them to make it to heaven, wants them to be strong in their faith and not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. I, I want good resources that I don't have to worry about. I don't have to give with a disclaimer. I've had to do that. Hey, this guy's really good on this subject, but watch out when he talks about the other one because he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I feel the same way about having apostolic resources having a comfort to to pass those along to new people needing them as a new person. Absolutely. Yes, sir. absolutely
1: absolutely wonderful wonderful good words good words and and um I'm really hesitant if there's an apostolic reference point or resource available be it a hardback book paperback a YouTube message or lesson or whatsoever if there's an apostolic resource within the United Pentecostal Church, the AOJC, or just even an independent arena, an apostolic one God preacher that will address it, I'm going to lean upon them Mm -hmm. realizing that there's some others on the subject of maybe leadership, finance, logistics, church administration. Certainly, I agree. Many of them may be able to assist us with that, but I would, me personally, I would forego some of their expertise in that arena if I can hear an apostolic, and we have enough apostolics now that are gifted enough on all these subjects. If I can hear them, even though the building may not be as big, the budget may not be as big, forgive me for saying it that way. I would rather listen to an apostolic speak to it than someone else, though I do have books from other authors, Trinitarian and otherwise, I prefer. I really prefer leaning upon apostolic resources. I'm very strong on that as well. I appreciate that comment you made.
0: Yes, sir. It's important that we don't sow confusion, that uh, something bad doesn't get in with what what we're trying to plant that's good. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. Now, what did you find most challenging about uh, being an author, authoring your books, publishing? What did you find most challenging about that?
1: Another good question. It's another really good question. Um, I didn't pay attention enough in English and grammar, just to be honest with you. Um, you now I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, so I've, I've taken a number of college classes and probably halfway through our masters. And, um, and I would probably finish that the next year or so. So uh, we have done several college classes, continuing education classes. But to be able to properly format a letter and to be able to articulate and explain something is one thing. To be able to put it in a book form and it hold up to scrutiny and proofreading from a professional, that was probably my biggest challenge. And, um, and just, just getting out of old habits because, you know, everybody doesn't like notes laid out like I like them laid out. Everybody doesn't like bold and italicized and fonts the way I like them. So trying to move from the way I like to type and to put lessons together and to put notes and information together to something that's cleaner, a little bit more uniform and universal, where there's not as many font changes and and size changes and bold and all of that. So that was probably the biggest challenge, moving From my style, for my sake, to something that's more universal and that would be common and acceptable for John, average man that doesn't know me, and it would work for him or for her. That was probably my biggest challenge, along with just continuing to educate myself and improve and making sure that we're putting the best product out, not just in terms of the substance and the essence, but in the presentation and, oh, yeah, the punctuation, grammar, and all the rest of that stuff.
0: Well, it's important because if you don't have it, then people will discount what it is, the content and the essence of what you're, what you're putting out there. And you could have the best in the world, but if it's not formatted right, then lots of people are going to go ahead and pass over. Now, how did you overcome that? Did you have any uh, resources? I know there's writer's resources that talk about grammar and such, or did you hire someone?
1: A couple of different things. Um, again, the, the lady I referenced earlier she not only is paid professionally to translate, but she's also paid professionally to proofread. Ah. So she does that professionally. And, um, and as I was teaching them Bible studies, you know, they were fascinated with different subjects I was teaching them on. And she asked me for my notes just because she likes to study a very studious person. Yes, I gave her my notes and you know, whatever it was, 10, 12 pages typed on whatever subject and, and the next week went back for another Bible study and she said, this is great. Can I talk to you afterwards? I said, yeah, that sounds great. So um, she said, I love the information, Pastor Dagan. And when you teach it, it just, it works. She says, but I made a list of a few things that maybe you can give some attention to when you put in everything together. Now I'm expecting a couple of things. That's just a whooped out a list of about 12 to 15 different things. As a matter of fact, um, I took such credence to it that I put it on my desk. And it's it's on my desk permanently, that list. That's so that's great. helped. And then, and then she she referred me to some um some writer books that are good for aiding and assisting. And and then my wife, um, I married an English teacher and um and she's a tenured English teacher. So the combination of all of that, there's a thousand websites as well. It's oh, yes. a little bit of diligence on someone's part, and you could get even many free sites that provide great help. So the books, um, the sister in our church and assist with proofreading professionally, my wife, and then the support of many websites. That's all helped. And then keeping a good word program up to date, it'll it will flag a lot of stuff.
0: Sure, sure. I, I work with a lot of authors and prospective authors, growing authors, um, and a lot of them are concerned about representing themselves well and representing their subject well in formatting, grammar, punctuation, things like that. And so that winds up being one of the things that we help the most in is somebody will send us just a rough document, a word document. That's, you know, 200 pages long and we format it, have a proofreader go over it and uh, give them a little bit of confidence that they're not going to embarrass themselves. It's a good, that's
1: great. That's so needed. That's so needed. And um, you know, there was a, there was a couple people up at the, Pentecostal Publishing House office of the review committee when I sent in my first book and they were very gracious to me. They must have I must have found a soft spot in their heart or something because they helped me probably more than they should have.
0: <laughs> but it's been a great learning it's been a great learning experience for us. That's wonderful. Now I also picked up that you seem to be at least aware, but maybe you're even looking for, holes in our resources, holes, uh, gaps, in our library as Apostolic Pentecostals. Uh, is that something you're actively looking for, for areas that haven't been written on or haven't uh, been thoroughly explored, or is that just something that you notice as you're writing?
1: Yes, it's a good question. Um, so we're from Louisiana, and the United Pentecostal Church has a very large footprint, of course, in Louisiana. And at our campground there, a district campground in Louisiana, Tioga, Louisiana. They have not just a district bookstore, but then also Pentecostal Publishing House comes, camp meeting, and they bring a truckload of books. And so early in my walk with God there, I would, as many people do, peruse all the books and try to touch the different subjects. And then also here in Florida, the same thing. And um, I could say his name, I won't, but one of the mainstay representatives that comes with the Pentecostal Publishing House to the Florida District that oversees the booth where they sell the books, mm-hmm. meetings, and different meetings and conferences. I went to him um, four years ago, and I said to him, "Is there any books on end time prophecy?" I of course had the couple Bible studies and the charts that they offered on it. But I began to ask him, is there any books done by an apostolic on end-time prophecy? And he directed me to Clyde Haney's book, The Grandfather from Stockton, California. He has a phenomenal book on the Book of Revelation. Directed me to Brother Bernard's DVD teaching, his last couple years, David T. Bernard's teaching, when he was in Austin, Texas, on the end times. It was a good study. It was a good series. DVD set. And then he directed me to Nathaniel Haney's five-book set of basically end-time subjects. And and then he directed me to Brother Stone King's, which was Lee Stone King's, which was available through his website. He said, to my knowledge, and this man is a season as they come in that arena of what's available. He said, that's it. That's wow. it. And all of those resources were very good. I bought all of them, and I have them all. And they're all very good. And again, I've already mentioned the Bible study chart that they have as well. And they're good. But again, it was not as comprehensive as I wanted in my hand. Uh-huh. Now, I will say, and I told him this on a telephone call, that um, the great elder, Nathaniel Haney, his five set um, of books is a very good picture of end-time prophecy. But, but he said himself, he wants to revisit that and make it broader and put more information into that. He wrote that many years ago. So there was a need. And, and I turned to this gentleman and I said, my brother, I said, we need more of these books on end time prophecy. And he says, well, you need to write one. <laughs> and God was always dealing with me about it. And I really took that plus my wife's prompting and the prompting of the Holy Ghost as the ultimate sign that needed to move me forward. And so I, I finished the other book and then I started with the book The Unveiling, a Study of Intime Prophecy. And, and then from there, yes, the same thing could be said. We have we do have several books on the spirit world, but they either go extremely deep into altar working and laying hands on people, they go deep into the nine gifts of the spirit, or they move deep over here in demonic elements and possession, but there's not one that if one person wants a book that's pretty broad and comprehensive, it addresses all of it, might I say. Sure. And and that's that's why I'm moving on that book as my third book. And, and in terms of often asked questions from might it be a pastor or a soul winner or a Bible study teacher, we do have some books that address that. We do. But they address it from the perspective of dealing with the saint. the ones I've seen, the ones I've seen. They address it from dealing with the saint in your church. And that will be some of what's in this book. But but more rather, it's going to be written from the perspective for the man that's out there in the street that's teaching Bible studies and dealing with people. These are questions that you will be asked over and over and over. And here's a resource. I can't count how many times I've been asked about the Sabbath in 30 years of teaching Bible studies. And, And that's a subject that somebody needs to be ready to answer. It doesn't come up every day or every month, but when it comes up, the person asking you, they want a sincere answer, and they don't want it glossed over. So, yes, there's a need. I've seen it, and then I wait for the witness of the Holy Ghost, and then by God's grace, I try to move forward.
0: That's wonderful. Yes, I I, I like to find the holes in our library, you know, in, in the movement's writing, and try to fill them. And anytime you can differentiate yourself, anytime you can explain how what you're doing is different, you're going to find value there. Even, like you were just saying, the matter of perspective, rather than from the pulpit, but uh, moving it to the street, moving it to frontline evangelism, that perspective is valuable all on its own. You can deal with the same subject and serve that person who has that different perspective, and that is a valuable resource. Wonderful. I'm curious, um, since you are aware of, of the writing and and Obviously, you're a lover of books. Are there any holes you see, uh, books you wish were written, maybe that you're not tackling yet yourself, but books you wish would be written, just as a fan of apostolic authors? It's a good question. You could tell you've done this a couple of times.
1: Um, It's a good question. You know, um, we have a giant void, a huge void. In the apostolic arena, in terms of books and resources, on the subject of sexuality. And when I say sexuality, I mean meaning sexual deviance, LBGTQ+, I mean um, how to deal with questions of promiscuity from our young people, from a certainly biblical standpoint, with wisdom and discretion, but then also incorporating, and I do know that we have some certified and degreed credentialed professionals that deal with this. And, and we have some support now within the mental health arena. I understand that. And there is some things written. I do see that. But um, we don't really like to touch a subject of homosexuality. We don't like to touch a subject of lesbianism. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot, we will not. I write it in stone. And I challenge anybody to have a dialogue about it. We will not see the great latter rain that I do believe we're beginning to see. We won't see the great latter rain revival that God is going to send us in the last day at the close of this dispensation. And it not include masses of sexual deviance. Just numerically, just numerically, because it's such a common problem so many people deal with some element of sexuality and struggles in that arena. It may not be just homosexuality. It may be other things, pornography or whatever. Yeah. So just the mere numbers by itself tells us that that's going to be, a, and it is, and it is now. It's a large group of the ingathering of souls, which we want them to come to God and be part of the church interaction. But Amen. we need to be able to deal with that. Sister so Dodd and some other ones has dealt with some of these things. But we need to be able to deal with that in a very direct way. In a very direct way, and and it needs to be dealt with by somebody with not just sound biblical knowledge, but somebody with credentials professionally, a mental health expert, or marriage family counselor, or something of that nature. That's that's one um, element that's not really being dealt with. Okay, I know it's taboo and it's dirty and all this stuff, but another element is um, just marriage and family counseling. And the dynamic of blended mm-hmm. families and step families and interracial families and how all that fits into God's glorious apostolic church. That's great. And how we can give them very sound, biblical, spiritual, anointed insight that's coupled with wisdom that's supported with credentials and expertise in that arena. We have to do more in those two arenas. Um, we, we, we talk and I'm a spirit, I'm not being arrogant, but I, I believe in the things of the spirit and prayer and intercession and spiritual, warfare. I believe in all of that, all of that, but we have to deal with these things very practically from a sound biblical and professional standpoint. And frankly, there's not enough information on it right now compared to the amount of volume of people that's dealing with it. We have, we have inadequate amount of resources for them. We do have some. But it
0: doesn't match
1: the challenges and the amount of people that deal with these types of subjects. Does that make sense?
0: It does. I agree. And the wonderful thing is as soon as we have some real good resources in those areas, then it can scale immediately and support all the ministries that are trying to reach and help in those situations. So as soon as somebody puts in the work, boom, it can disseminate and shoot out. And and pastors like myself and yourself can pick those up, jump ahead in our understanding and our ability to minister in those areas, and the whole movement benefits. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree. I am very thankful, though it does seem like the last
1: maybe two to five years within the apostolic arena, the subject of mental health. And these other related subjects is coming to the forefront. And I I do believe out of that, there'll be a greater seating in the hearts of some young people and gifted people that can step forward and do this the right way and address these matters.
0: Well, it's exciting. another area that I would love to see more books on is the area of critical thinking, which I brought up earlier. I would love to see a young people's resource to teach them how to sort through ideas, accept ideas, reject ideas, how to be consistent in their thinking so if if you accept this truth, then it affects your life in that way, and uh, things like that. I haven't seen any good resources, but as soon as i I find one i'll be you watch out, I'll be telling everybody about it
1: <laughs> well, that's great that's great yes, um. My my oldest son is is in his junior year college. I'm uh, working on his bachelor's. He wants to be a second day teacher, history teacher, and and he's taking a class right now on critical thinking, and he's also taking a philosophy class. So it's it's um it's a unique time for him. But he's he's a very analytical thinker. And he's very strong in his beliefs and he's very opinionated. So he he'll be fine. But you're right. It's it's a need in the apostolic arena for that. That,
0: yeah, yeah, brother. I'm so glad that we've gotten to talk and get to know each other a little bit better. Do you have a website or anything like that where people can find more of your resources or keep up with you as you develop even more? Yes, sir, absolutely. So, if
1: they want to order Growing by Grace, they can go to the Pentecostal Publishing House website now and they can put in Growing by Grace and they can order it as an English book, as an ebook, and then also as a Spanish book. Okay, if they want to. Order unveiling the unveiling a study guide of end time prophecy. It's thirty dollars. Growing by grace is twenty dollars for the paperback, ten dollars for an ebook. If they want to order the unveiling, it's thirty dollars. And you could go to our website. You can go to our website, and it is hopeapostolicupc.org. Hopeapostolicupc.org. And when you go to the website on the home page, there's a donate button. Click on that. Put in the unveiling and your address, postal shipping address, and it's $30 plus $8 for shipping, and we'll email you a tracking number, and uh, and that website also tells you all about our church, and um, the top left corner of that website has a link to our church's Facebook page and also to our church's YouTube channel, Hope Apostolic UPC Florida, and there's hundreds of services and sermons on both the YouTube channel and also on the Facebook page. And my email, any questions or comments, please feel free to email me with your black, with your pastor's blessing. My email is pastor Dagan at gmail.com. Pastor at gmail.com. I uh, pastor the church. We've been here for 17 years. we planted it 17 years ago. And uh, we'd love to hear from you.
0: That is wonderful. I, uh, in where we are. Uh, We're a North American missions church in Alaska. And uh, it's exciting to see you uh, having that success and then going on to support other ministries and uh, through your resources. That's exciting. Are there other types of resources that you would like to develop other than uh, print books, maybe audio books or teaching course videos or anything like that? Does that tickle your fancy?
1: You know, um, I love to teach. Um, in terms of audiobooks, I've not really entertained that. I've had a couple of folks mention it to me and, um, I've not, I've not given any thought to that. I've not felt any liberty of leading on that, but I love to teach. And, um, I cut my teeth as a very young man teaching the word of God in homes and on college campuses. And we do a lot of that now. Um, now even with COVID, and I say humbly, I'm teaching or preaching six to eight times a week. Wow. And we, um, during the, and I say that humbly, but, um, during the month of April, our church, we shut the doors because of local restrictions during the month of April, um, we was open through the end of March, we opened back up the first week of May, but through the month of April, we were closed, and just when, when that was given to us locally as a declaration, I just felt like God spoke to me, and we taught um, through the month of April, all four weeks, every Monday, four Mondays in a row, we taught on salvation. Four Tuesdays in a row, we taught on the oneness of God. Four, all of it on Zoom, on Facebook Live, and on our YouTube channel. Four Wednesdays in a row, we taught on faith, preached on faith. Four Thursdays in a row, we taught on the spirit world. And four Fridays in a row, all in April, we taught on end-time prophecy. Wow. We took days off. On Sundays, we preached on faith, Sunday morning. And on Sunday night, we had an open prayer meeting, me and my family right here in our living room, And we invited all the world to join us. So that's my passion is teaching the word of God. And right now we're doing a um, Wednesday night study of first and second Peter exposition verse by verse. And um, so we love to preach and to teach the word of God, probably more of a teacher than a preacher Uh um, just because it's my nature. I I like information and I like to understand the intricacies of the passages.
0: Now you had a few questions for me as we were scheduling this in your email. Uh, Do you want to, ask those now, and maybe we could uh, answer those questions for whoever's listening.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, as an apostolic author trying to get the books out in the hands of the people that would like to study them, of course, connected to the United Pentecostal Church as you are, and there's avenues there, but we're also looking for other avenues, other entities that can help us distribute our books and our product, be it an e-book or a paper book, hardback book. Are you aware of any of those? And does your entity provide that service? And uh, what type of process, for example, would I have to go through to get this book in your hand so we can begin to market it and distribute it once, once you guys feel comfortable with it?
0: Apostolic Publishing House certainly does set up uh... – Distribution and marketing for our authors. Uh, you're kind of, I would say, you uh, as with the books that you've already written are kind of past our process because we get them, uh, we get people from the Word document to the printed book, and you already have uh, the printed book. And so, what you can do from that point is um, either connect your printer, whoever your printer is, uh, if it's a print on demand printer, to Amazon, and you just tell your printer, I would like you to distribute through Amazon. And uh, some printers can do that some cannot. So it really depends on who's printing your book. Our printer does. Our printer is on demand. And so when Amazon gets an order, our printer prints one, puts it in a box and ships it to the customer. Um, But but if you love your printer and you don't want to upend your process and all, what you can do is you can contact Amazon and send them, I think it's 50 books is what they require, uh, but send them a box of books and tell them, I want you to sell this for me. And you become just like the people who buy, you know, plastic toys from China and then give them to Amazon to sell for them. You could do the same thing with your book. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you just send them a stock. And then when they get low, they'll email you let you know, and you send them some more and they will house them in their warehouse and they Mm -hmm. will handle them, package them, ship them, all that. Of course, they're going to charge a fee, but uh, it's, you know, a lot of people find that it's worth it and that way you can distribute worldwide.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's good information. Um, I've researched it a little bit mm-hmm. with Amazon, but to be honest with you, it's so much information, I've not been able to swim through all the information. Uh huh. So um, do you know, let's say, for example, the book is $30. The ISBN number is set up for $30. Mm-hmm. So $30 is good. You know, We don't make a lot, but we make a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so roughly, would you have a guess if we send them 50 books, if we sell it for $30, John Doe buys it through Amazon for $30. Amazon keeps $10, 50%, 70%. You don't really know.
0: I, I haven't done it recently, but it seems that I remember they would take keep like $5 or $6. Okay,
1: so that's not bad at yeah. all.
0: And then the customer pays for shipping. Okay. You know, so that pass, that cost just gets passed on to the customer. Okay. That's um, great. That's a feeling. I I don't have uh, any research to back me up right now, but that, that seems to be the, what it was. So yeah, that would help you with that. And, um, and then with our authors, we, of course, when we set them up, we set their uh, their printer up to automatically connect to Amazon. So they can just kind of be hands off. They don't have to ship books or anything like that.
1: Okay. Okay. So that's, that's very good. That's very good. And and it certainly would not have to, come to you in Alaska and then ship out, it would, it would drop ship direct.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, um, uh, you know, except for proof prints, uh, I don't see the books at all. Um, you know, the, the printer and Amazon take care of all of that for us. It's a nice streamlined process.
1: Well, good. Well, good. good. Yeah. What, what, and I know we've just been a few minutes together. Um, but while I have your ear and your expertise, I, I would like to, to hear um, just in our, short conversation, uh, what advice would you provide to me in terms of things, pitfalls I need to be mindful of and and what I could do to better uh, promote the product and get it in the hands of the end user? And I will send you, of course, no charge. I'm glad to do it. Um, but I will send you one each of my books just for you to have and any comments or recommendations you have. I would heed to them about the books even. But just Thank generally you. speaking about the process, um, I would like to hear any comments you have.
0: Well, thank you. That's a treasure that you're, you're sending me those books. I, I love that. Uh, always want more books and especially of apostolic authors. Um, I think one pitfall people run into is they think about promoting too late. Um, so they, they get all done with their product and then they, they don't know if anybody actually wants it. And so what I suggest to our authors is I tell them, start talking about your book now. Start a Facebook page around your book now. Uh, start emailing people and getting their emails and, and keeping them in the loop with your process and your, and how you're making progress. And that way, when you do launch your book, you have a bunch of ready customers to help your launch. Uh, You can, some people um, you know, are are worried about the expense of publishing a book uh, through us. And so uh, you can actually pre-sell your books, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even in multiple copies. So you can say, Hey, here's 10, 10 copy bundles. Um, You know, buy them for your small groups or something like that. And uh, you sell enough of those and you've covered your publishing costs. But a lot of people don't think about promoting, don't think about the actual getting the book in people's hands until afterwards. There's some things you can do ahead of time to make that easier. One of them is creating a community around your book. A lot of people are not doing that. And I, I, uh, it's probably just because they haven't thought about it yet. But in your book, you could say, hey, we want to continue to support you in this area. If it's an appropriate subject, we want to continue to talk to you about this, continue to send new resources to you, testimonies around this subject, go ahead and join our community. And places you could host a community would be Facebook groups. You could also create a forum with Yahoo. You could create a discord group. There's a lot of places you can create communities. There's a new thing that I'm kind of excited about that I haven't tried yet called uh, Mighty Networks. You can make like your own little Facebook for your community. Um, or, or it could just be an email list, but in your book, you could say, Hey, I want to stay in touch with you. I want you to continue to be blessed in this area. And and from this resource, uh, link together with me on this. And what that's going to do for you as an author is you're going to have a community of people that you can continue to sell new books to when you update the book because a lot of books need updating five, 10 years later. You can send those you know send notice of that, that you've updated the book to all your customers that wanted to stay in touch with you. And if they are more invested in the subject, they're a part of your community or something, they're going to be more likely to refer your book to others or share your book to others, or even be able to. They're going to remember what your book was when it com- that subject comes up in conversation because they're a part of a group. So
1: That's yeah. great. That's great information. I'm taking notes here. Yeah, one of the things that um helped us as we finished this book first release maybe six weeks ago, I guess the first one of them was um, the four Fridays of April. I taught on end time prophecy, and and that came out of I had received so many questions about is the COVID disaster plague the beginning of the seven years of tribulation Daniel's seven days a week, uh-huh. and I am asked to address that, and I did. And I addressed it the I think the last week of March, and then there was so much interest. Robin Johnson, an evangelist, a national evangelist out of Brother the Mangum Church in Alexandria, Louisiana, as a podcast, oh. and he he had me on that podcast to address that same question two weeks later, and and out of that I began to teach every Friday on end time prophecy and related subjects, Boy. and and in that we did promote. And and I don't know, maybe 70, 80 books, and we haven't aggressively promoted it. But just out of that little step, mm-hmm. we was able to sell seven, maybe more than that. And oh, okay. um, and now trying to get it on Amazon, which the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to be aggressive about that because I'm I'm ready to have this one done, and I feel like it'll be done once we get it on a platform like Amazon, and then I could turn my focus fully to the next one.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good idea to finish it up completely so it's out of your hands and automatically going out to people. And that's that's the benefit that Amazon offers. Well, brother, I'm glad to know you better. And let's keep in touch over email and, and such and probably have to have you back on with your next book. <laughs>